Common Sensors Podcast Consumers. Welcome to episode 123 of Go Tell to the Wall Podcast. I'm, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, and we've got an awesome show for you tonight. Uh, despite starting the episode with my microphone on mute, many of you would have wouldn't even have noticed that. But I'd like to I like to point out my faults and my mistakes and just kind of own them. Uh, and this is one of those situations where I was doing that because it was definitely uh, definitely on mute there when I was not quite ready. All right, <laughs> like I said, episode 123 of Go Tell to the Wall. We always kick things off with our social plugs. That's right, you can keep up with us during episodes, after episodes, for episodes, whenever you so please, and you can do that in multiple locations. One of those would be Facebook. We are currently live on Facebook right now. Head to facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. Like our page, check back often. That's going to keep you updated on pretty much everything that is Go Tell it to the Wall. Uh, a great resource for anyone that likes to keep updated if you use social platforms, of course. Make sure you like our page. We're also on YouTube. Uh, head on over to YouTube. Search Go Tell It's the Wall. Subscribe to our channel. You're going to find all of the live feeds get po- getting posted up there after the fact. Uh, so if you're someone that just listens and you or not a Facebook user, uh, this would be a great great way to uh, to actually watch some of the some of the uh, feeds. You know, if you want to see my lovely face on there, uh, you're also going to find our beer reviews, our mental health section, uh, parenting section, and a bunch of other great stuff on there. So make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, additionally, uh, I have my own personal. Instagram account. We've not yet created an Instagram account for Go Tell to the Wall. It, it's on my list. I'll be honest. I, I think I feel like I've said this the past few episodes. Probably going to do it. But in the meantime, follow my own personal Instagram account, which is uh, SoCalSean. Just the name S O C A L S E A N. No numbers or anything. Follow that Instagram profile or whatever the kids call it these days. As I've said before, it's mostly pictures of of kids, specifically my kid, uh, and then a lot of concert pictures, which that's going to ramp up a bit. I'm not that guy that's holding the phone up during the concert, so don't expect like you know a bunch of videos and stuff. Uh, but usually, there's some some photos from concerts, and we are uh, we are fast approaching this, the 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 heavy concert season here. In fact, I'm counting down the days uh, until the Bomb Pops record release party right here in Highland Park at the Offbeat. <clears throat> Actually, just sold out today, so. I, I talked about that with, with all of you out there uh, a couple episodes ago. I think it was like two episodes ago. Uh, now officially sold out, but if you are uh, if, if you still want to see the Bomb Pops during their record release, uh, they have a free show down in Fullerton on uh, that Saturday. That'd be March 14th. Uh, and, and maybe you're someone that likes to stay home on Friday the 13th, so you're avoiding it anyway. That would be a good opportunity to see the Bomb Pops. But like I said, fast approaching to the heavy concert season. So on, on that Instagram account that's SoCalSean, you're going to see kids and you're going to see you know concert photos band photos people that are in the bands myself you know stuff like that so follow uh socal sean as well uh we're still not using twitter if, you, if you're following it there's still some stuff coming out but we're done with twitter we're not doing the twitter thing anymore and I'm, I'm just i'm not going to mention it uh anymore moving forward past this and i feel like i'm missing a social plug but i'm not but what i am not forgetting to mention is seanworklive.com uh, that's our official website. That is my official website. That is also the official website for Go Tell It to the Wall. In fact, it should be set up correctly. If you type in GoTellItToTheWall.com, it's just going to take you to SeanOroqueLive.com because we do own both of those URLs. Uh, that's your one-stop shop for everything Go Tell It to the Wall and everything that is the one and only Sean O'Rourke. So make sure you bookmark that page. And you're also going to find links to the 
all those social platforms I just mentioned, uh, as well as a link to our Patreon campaign. I've mentioned this every episode. Please, please, please help us out in any way you can. Uh, Kevin, right now, friend of the podcast, is actually on the live feed. He is a a patron. I always do that. He's a Patreon. No, he's a patron on our Patreon campaign. Uh, So please, please, please help us out. Every little bit helps to keep this studio running and, and, and... in tip-top shape, I guess you could say. Uh, so, so please help us out. And you're going to find stuff on SeanRourkeLive.com that you're not going to find anywhere else. It's blog posts. Uh, there's photos up there that you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, anywhere else. And uh, and familiarize yourselves with our uh, our honor producers, uh, Chris and Bridget, as well. You're going to find photos of them up there. So make sure you, you bookmark that and check back often. All right, beer this week. I, I this is. I don't even. I. I'm at a, lo- a bit of a loss for words, which is very rare for, for me. Uh, and it's, it's not because I have a terrible beer. But I'll, I'll be honest with everyone out there. I, I picked this up uh, about a week ago because I saw that Stone had a brand new uh, brew that they put out. And it's actually part of their like pilot series. So this is super limited, uh, this particular Stone brew that I am holding in my, my lovely hand here. The reason I say I'm not excited about it is... If you listen to last week's episode, episode 122, uh, I can't even remember what brewery that was. Oh, that's what it was. It was uh, Firestone Walker. We had a a, a hazy IPA uh, from Firestone Walker. Weirdly, it was a 4%. And I'm I'm not opposed to lower alcohol content beers. Sometimes I very much like them. Uh, but with an IPA, you lose a lot of the flavor <laughs> on the beers when you make the alcohol content that low, the flavor from IPA actually comes from the hops, and they tend to be a little higher alcohol content because of that. And we're in a situation here. This is the Stone Neverending Haze IPA. Picked it up, real excited. I was like, oh, wow, limited edition Stone, not going to be around forever. I get it home, and I look, 4% alcohol content. Again, I'm not complaining about the alcohol content itself, but sure enough, I open one of these, and it's pretty much a fruity lager with a bit of a hoppy aftertaste to it. Uh, so I'm not going to say I would not recommend this to people and people have listened to the podcast. know I love stone. I grew up with stone before stone was a thing. I was growing up with stone down there in San Diego, North County, San Diego. I absolutely love stone. I don't dislike this beer, but I wouldn't recommend this to somebody that's looking for an IPA because it does not taste like an IPA. It doesn't taste like a hazy IPA. It's, it's more of a, a, a lager with a little bit of fruitiness to it. And, and, and that's all I'll say. It's not even like a pale ale let alone an IPA. Uh, nothing wrong with it, but just be aware if you're picking one of these up at the store, picking up a six-pack or whatever, uh, the Stone Neverending Haze IPA, it, it's it's going to drink closer to a lager. It's a nice, like, doing some yard work beer. And I think we're getting into this trend now. Uh, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, the hazies started becoming huge, and everybody suddenly had the haze. But these were the real hazy IPAs, the juicy IPAs, you know, sitting there at anywhere from 65 to 8%. Uh, you know, the Mind Haze from Firestone Walker, for example, is a great mainstream hazy IPA. Uh, but again, higher alcohol content. So I think we're moving into a little bit of a trend here with these lower alcohol content beers. And to be to be honest, I knew we were heading this way for a while because a lot of people that like to go out to microbreweries and craft breweries, uh, when that blew up, they weren't really necessarily beer drinkers. It just became the cool thing to do. And so what happened was I think a lot of people were going out to brewery tasting rooms at like noon even earlier than that sometimes, uh, starting to drink, and they're drinking these 8% beers and realizing that they're drunk at 2 o'clock and not able to continue, you know, do a bunch more tasting. Here's the thing. It, it's possible to go do a tasting at a brewery 
and taste higher alcohol, tastier beers and not get drunk. You, you do the four ounce pours. That's what you do. Uh, but because people can't handle higher alcohol content beers, we're getting more and more of these in the mainstream, like this Stone Never Ending Haze IPA, uh, which, again, it's not a terrible beer. It's fine. It, 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 it tastes okay, it, but it's a fruity lager with a little bit of a hoppier aftertaste. This is not an IPA. It's a bit insulting to IPAs out there to call this an IPA. Uh, and, and I will say I'm a little surprised at Stone for doing that because this is one of the breweries that, that really pioneered the uh, the really hoppy beers, the, those strong ales and stuff. And here we go. So coming to the trend that is a, a low alcohol content, hazy IPA. This, the hazy has to be in finger quotes there because it's, it's, not, it's not a hazy IPA. But drink it. Drink it and go mow your lawn. That, that's what I'd recommend that one for. All right. Uh, before we move on to our other segments, we, of course, as usual, as we've had for the past uh, 20 episodes or so, our weekly rant. And here's the weekly rant for episode 123 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I actually don't have a ton this week. And it's something that I know bothers a lot of people out there because this is a, it's a common thing. And I've seen people posting about this. Uh, that's why I want to talk about it. And I won't even get that ranty about it. I just want to use some common sense here. Uh, and that pertains to social media trolls. And pe- not even just trolls. You all know what the social media trolls are. But just people on social media. And what I'm specifically talking about is there's a lot of people out there don't understand that it's possible to scroll through a social media feed, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, uh, and, and not have to engage with something that you disagree with. It's possible to do that. I think a lot of people out there don't realize that just because it's there and you're reading it doesn't mean you have to engage with that. Doesn't mean you need to start an argument or continue an argument. Most, time, most times people are starting arguments. It's, it's amazing to me. Uh, and that's why I say not even just the trolls, because troll, you expect that from trolls. You know, we get a lot of trolls here for Go Tell to the Wall, and they, they comment on YouTube and get emails from people, and immediately you can tell. But I'm also talking about, like, your relatives out there. Let's say you have an aunt or an, or an uncle who disagrees with something that, that you believe, or whatever it might be, especially politics. This is, you know, a lot of times these days I'm talking about politics. What good is it going to do for you to comment and start an argument with another family member uh, that's also public for everybody else in the world to see on a social platform? What good is that going to do you? There's, there's literally no good that's going to come from that. Yes, I am all for voicing your opinion. I, I do it quite often. Anyone that knows me personally knows I, I'm pretty quick to voice my opinion. You know, I, I tend to not be offensive because I'm just not an offensive person to begin with, and I'm not tooting my own horn. It's just... I don't really hate a lot of things outside of the Orange Menace and, and you know, hateful people and internet trolls. <laughs> I do hate internet trolls. But you're not getting anything out of this. So let's, if you're one of those people out there that, that's listening to this and, and you feel the need to engage every time, before you do, just, just set the phone down or even don't even set it down. Just, just back it away from you a little, look at it and say, what, what good is going to come of this? What is my end goal here? I think that's, if people started looking at social media uh, and what they're going to post and, and think about their end goal, especially when they're engaging with other people, you realize that you don't really have an end goal. You're, you're, just, you're just arguing for the sake of arguing. Scroll past it. Keep moving. Uh, and it's, it, the thing is with that, it, it seems to me like a lot of people out there thrive off arguing. So maybe you're someone out there that, that enjoys this. But again, maybe just go argue with strangers. You know, 
Do, do that. Don't cause pr- rifts within your own family, you know, your friends, whatever it might be, because no good is going to come of that. It's, it's okay to disagree. I have close friends that I disagree with on certain things. I wouldn't call them serious, fundamental life beliefs, but there are plenty of things that I disagree with friends on, and they are still friends. They're still friends. And the other thing is most of these arguments are pointless. Not only because you're not changing anyone's mind, but like I said, what are you getting out of it? What is your end game? Think about that. Think about that. And the main thing is you're not, like I said, you're not changing anyone's mind, especially when it comes to certain things like politics. Especially in that case. And then there's plenty of other things out there that people argue about. And there's no purpose to that argument because it's not important. I'm talking about pop culture stuff. People argue about movies. And that's, you know, you want to have a debate about a film or something in pop culture. That's one thing. But let's not get nasty with it. And I'll tell you, I love a lot of these punk rock groups, these ska groups that I'm in, a bunch of fan pages and stuff. I, that, that's mainly what I use Facebook for on a personal level is these groups. And I'm noticing even within these groups, there's all this arguing. One of the most ridiculous ones was people were arguing over what punk is today in one of these groups I'm in. And I scrolled through it and it started giving me a headache. Because I was like, all of you on here that are arguing what is punk, what is punk rock, what is ska, this arguing is definitely not punk or ska. It's not. We're talking about an inclusive community. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you listen to. You all band together around that common goal of we enjoy listening to music. In the end, it doesn't matter. It doesn't at all. And the bottom line there is just let it go. You're going to feel better. with if you're, if you're not starting these arguments, you're not getting involved in these arguments, you're going to feel much better from a mental health standpoint. I can guarantee you that. I'm talking about firsthand experience here. Someone who has a debilitating mental illness, step back from it. Let it go. Just like the freaking Frozen song that I have to hear 18 times a day because I have a three-year-old at home. Let it go. And once more people learn to let it go, we can move past this pettiness. We can get along better as a society. And we can do better for one another and our families and our relatives and our friends and everyone else out there. So let's work toward that goal. Let's use social media in a positive way. Once we do that, we're all going to be in a better place. 100%. I just said 100%. I added the percent because the, the kids these days, just keep it, keep it 100. I don't even like people, people put that little 100 emoji on everything. And I'm like, no, just no, speak. Don't just emojis. We talked about that last week and people being insensitive with emojis and whatnot. Just speak. I don't, I don't understand the slang these days. I still, uh, I don't understand what a yeet is. I, I don't care to. It usually, it's, most of these words, I don't understand what they are until somebody says it. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? And they go, oh, this is blah, blah. You know, it took me like two years to understand what a fleek was and a bay. Those were two at the same time. F- a fleek and a bay. A fleek, a fleek is not a noun. A bay is a noun. I've, seen, I've learned that. I still don't know what a yeet is, and I don't care. Maybe I should care, but I just, I don't. I can't keep up with the lingo. I'm more of like an 80s, 90s California guy, and I just, I say like a thousand times in every sentence, and I say dude a lot. And I'm not saying that's right either. It's just I can't keep up with the ever-changing lingo that happens here. Hey, Chris, welcome to the live feed, our on-air producer. Aren't you working right now, Chris? Chris is probably hiding in the corner. (laughs) I believe he might be on set right now, 
hiding in the corner or just putting his phone in his pocket, increasing our, our, our watch numbers. <laughs> I'm sure that's what's going on. All right, now that we've gotten sufficiently tangented after the, uh, yes, tangented official go tell it to the wall uh, term that we came up with years ago, I think Bridget did actually, uh, now that we're officially completely tangented, uh, let's move on to some trending on social. I don't have a lot of great stuff for you this week. Uh, it's kind of a slow week and trending on social, which is kind of a good thing because I had to rant a lot about, you know, violent challenges last week. Uh, so let, let's talk about some of these hashtags that are floating around right now. Hashtag National Retro Day. Today is actually National Retro Day. And people are having fun with this, uh, especially if you follow certain things. Like I, I've seen a lot of colleges that were sharing retro stuff. Uh, there's a couple of, uh, arcades sharing kind of retro arcade games, cameras, stuff like that. And this is just a fun one, even game systems, uh, fun one for you to scroll through and, and see, uh, mostly positive stuff, which is always good about these hashtags. Cause sometimes you, you get the negative side of a lot of these hashtags and, uh, oh, Chris is on hiatus. Okay. That makes more sense. I was like, Chris, are you on set right now? And to be fair, I think he, there was a point where he was recently, uh, but na hashtag National Retro Day, check that one out. People are having fun with it. Uh, and it, it seems like it's actually staying pretty positive, which is nice. Uh, hashtag stay away from people who. <laughs> hashtag stay away from people who. Uh, this one can go multiple directions. And I will tell you, we just talked about some people to stay away from. And those would be the internet trolls, the people that just like to argue on internet platforms uh, and, and all that madness. Uh, so definitely stay away from them. I would also stay, say just stay away from negative people in general. I have learned that in my life, especially in my adult life, um, is, is to not only stay away from people who just, just constantly want to argue with you, uh, but, but I've learned to stay away from people, and this is on a personal level, uh, who, who are not, I don't want to say I only have people around me who, who help my mental illness, uh, but I've definitely learned to not be around people who are detrimental uh, to my mental health and to my mental illness, and I would definitely recommend that for anyone out there. Uh, who who deals with with a mental health issue of any kind because that that's going to make you happier uh, in the long run. All right, hashtag ruin a band by removing a letter. <laughs> hashtag ruin a band by removing a letter. I'll tell you, I was sitting in here and I, I've got a bunch of band stickers on my wall and I'm like, what? Huh? Who could not come up with a uh, a band by just removing a letter? You could change a letter. Uh, but not removing a letter. So, so I'm going to share a couple of the other ones with you because people have been pretty, pretty creative here. Uh, one from from Catherine Kelleher. We'll just call her Catherine because I don't want to mispronounce that last name. Uh, this one's on Twitter. The Carpenters instead of the Carpenters. And I just realized I think that's missing more than one uh, letter. Uh, the the other one I really enjoyed is the Bach Boys. Hashtag ruin a band by removing a letter. Uh, that's of course the Beach Boys. And this particular person also included a GIF of the Beach Boys with a uh, with 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 Bach heads on all of them, so that was kind of cool. Uh, but check that one out, people. That one's a fun one. Just just have fun with it. I wish I had a cool, clever one to share with you of my own, but I I do not did not. Uh, hashtag National Chili Day. Today is National Chili Day. Uh, I hope you all had your chili out there. And, of course, if you go on all, any of the social platforms and search the hashtag National Chili Day, uh, it's, it's, it's tons of gifts and, and stuff of Kevin from The Office because we all know uh, the, the chili episode with Kevin. And, uh, and, and you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, but I, this one got me thinking because I don't eat a ton of chili. I, I enjoy it, you know, when it, when it comes in front of me I, with, with some Fritos. 
especially with some Fritos, like the, the bigger Fritos. The Frito- oh, that's the way to do chili. Uh, but but I sometimes I do crave it. Uh, but it also reminded me of, of camping with my campmates at Burning Man because this this was always a fun funny thing, uh, and I'm sure Chris can attest to this. On the last night of of Burning Man on Temple Burn Night, but literally before we leave the next morning to go on. I, However long of a car ride it is, it's been a couple years for a freaking long car ride, and you're exhausted from eight days in the desert. Uh, we fill ourselves with chili and Fritos, and then we all pack ourselves into cars and then drive the very, 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 very long trek uh, from from Nevada to Los Angeles. And I'm not even talking like just the distance, because anyone that, that has been to Burning Man, uh, or especially if you regularly go, you know, there's this thing called Gate Road. Uh, you sit on that thing for a very long time in your car. Now you can get out of the car, whatever else. But you're sitting on that thing for a while, and then you're on the road for just hours and hours and hours. Uh, and I always found it amusing that that uh, our camp would just would fill ourselves with chili and then lock ourselves into cars for a very, very long car ride. Uh, but enjoy your chili today if that is something you, you, you like to eat. I like chili on my fries, I guess, given the circumstance. I, I always enjoyed chili fr- chili cheese fries from Bull Weevil. And I haven't seen a bull weevil in years. Well, I, I take that back. I see one when I go visit my parents because I pass by one. But I, I haven't seen one outside of that bull weevil in years. Uh, and growing up in San Diego, that was was very much a treat in San Diego was bull weevil for the, the burgers, the fries, and oh god, those milkshakes. Not a big milkshake guy, but, but like milkshakes once in a while, I need one. And just when the craving hits and I get a good milkshake, it's basically the best thing ever. I had an In-N-Out milkshake uh, a week ago, almost a week ago. And again, I rarely get a milkshake from In-N-Out. Uh, my wife was getting one. My brother-in-law was getting one. And I was like, I'm going to do I'm gonna do a shake too. And it was it was one of those moments. Like I, I finished my burger and my fry. And I went, oh boy. And it was so good, the milkshake. Uh, so, so treat yourself to a milkshake once in a while as well. But it isn't hashtag National Chili Day. It doesn't have a hashtag in front of it. It's not actually a day. It's got to have hashtag national blah 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 day all right one more thing i want to share with you here in trending on social this kind of could have been in in tech news uh but we've talked about tiktok quite a few times over the over the past few months uh specifically them censoring uh, a same-sex couple which you know i was not a big tiktok fan to begin with and we're also getting a lot of news out of tiktok and and their uh like their issues with with security, and I'm not talking about security guards. I'm talking about uh, information security, information protection. Your your specific uh, information that that's being included with with that specific app, which is TikTok. And we actually there was an event recently uh, with a bunch of tech people. Because that's what they do. They they do these events, and the tech people sit on a stage, and then they talk about how rich they are and and how innovative they are. And it's kind of ridiculous. I have zero interest in ever watching those things. But there's occasionally interesting news that comes out of it. Uh, there's a uh, the Reddit CEO, uh, who's also the co-founder, Steve Huffman, uh, was asked about TikTok or TikTok. TikTok came up a- as he was talking back, uh, and 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 people were t- actually talking about other startups learning from this new TikTok app, which is fairly new. I think it's been around a while. I will never use it, uh, and I want to give you this quote from Steve Huffman, uh, and I quote: "Maybe I'm going to regret this, but I can't even get to the level of thinking with them because I look at the app." as so fundamentally parasitic that it's always listening. The fingerprinting technology they use is truly terrifying. And I could not bring myself to install an app like that on my phone. He then continues, I actively tell people don't install that spyware on your phone. (laughs) So TikTok, uh, definitely some security issues here. And I don't know a lot about Reddit. I'm sure Reddit has its own issues and everything else. But we're talking about uh, an app that's constantly listening. 
uh, and also has fingerprinting technology built into it. Now, granted, I, I have a phone, and my fingerprint unlocks the phone. I get it. Personally, I'm not usually someone that, that's really concerned about, you know, information security to an extent. I don't want my social security number going out there or anything, but when it comes to my phone listening or whatever, or whatever listening, I'm sure there's 15 things listening to me in this studio right now, and it's like, fine. Fine. I, I also broadcast and I put this out into the world, so I don't have much to hide. Uh, but it's interesting that TikTok is getting this 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 flack right now, and uh, it's probably warranted. I don't, I you know, I haven't done a deep dive on it, uh, but it's also one of the most rapidly growing apps out there. I'm seeing it constantly. Uh, so so maybe do a little research before you you know give all of your information to to these apps. As I said, I don't care much, but sometimes I'll download a new app or someone's like. Uh, uh, <laughs> And somebody's like, uh, you know, check out this new app and I'll go to download it. And I look and they, and they just start asking me for information. And I'm like, nope, 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 can't do it. Like, I, you know, too much information is being given out here. Not worth me having an app that's going to tell me funny things or listen to music or, you know, tell me what's happening around the neighborhood. Nope, I don't need any of it. Don't need any of it. So, so you know, use caution when it comes to these kind of apps, especially when they're just out in the world and everyone's using it. Use caution. All right, let's move along to some entertainment news. Uh, you've probably heard this one, but we did have to include it in the episode. Bob Iger out as CEO. This news actually just dropped uh, yesterday or Tuesday. Just dropped this week. Uh, and it was it was pretty sudden because he had recently signed a new contract to stay on as CEO. And he was only like eight months into like a 36-month contract. Don't quote me on those exact numbers. But uh, somewhat sudden this, that this news broke. Uh, and they, of course, have put in uh, his replacement already. He is staying on as chairman of the board, so he's not leaving Disney completely. He's just no longer CEO, and uh, and Disney will be fine. We're not, you know, Disney's not. They're not going to take any kind of hit. Their stock, their their stock price did take a little bit of a hit, but they're they're going to be fine in the long run. Uh, and and for anyone out there that was was like taken aback by this, it was interesting. And I and I told some friends when they were like, "Can you believe Iger stepped down?" And it's like he. He's been preparing to step down and retire, like leave the post of CEO at Disney uh, since I was at Disney. I left Disney in 2014. Like this, it's just, it's, and they kept renewing and he was staying on and everything else. So I'm sure he's just tired. Dude's just got to get some rest. Like, so let the go, let the guy go rest. Disney's going to be fine. Uh, some news out of ABC. ABC uh, just recently greenlit a new pilot. Uh, this is a late-season pilot order from Disney. It's been in development since November. Uh, it's a new show, new pilots being shot, starring Jason Lee. Yes, that Jason Lee of My Name is Earl. More importantly, the Jason Lee of the Viewisk Universe and Kevin Smith. Uh, it's it's about a family. It's called Valley Trash. It's actually about a family that lives deep in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, their daughter gets accepted to a, a posh school, private school there, and it's their way of... It's all about them navigating, dealing with, you know, their not-so-rich side of things and all of the rich people, wealthy people that their daughter goes to school with. I'm a Jason Lee fan. I, I enjoy Jason Lee. I actually enjoyed My Name is Earl, and I've always enjoyed Jason Lee on uh, on every Kevin Smith endeavor that he's been on. Uh, I'm obviously not a huge fan of, uh, of of Scientology, so so I can't, you know. But as an actor, I do enjoy some Jason Lee. All right, some uh, news from Steven Spielberg. 
He officially will not direct Indiana Jones 5. Indiana Jones 5 is uh, in development right now. He has stepped down as director of Indiana for Indiana Jones 5. It's going to be the first Indiana Jones film that he hasn't directed. Uh, he, of course, is still attached. He, he's going to be a producer, everything else. He's still going to make his money off of this. Uh, but they are currently looking for a new director to replace Spielberg. And it looks like it's going to be James Mangold, most likely. Not official yet, uh, but James Mangold, uh, who directed Ford vs. Ferrari. He's one of the hot directors right now in the industry. Uh, and you know Spielberg's still going to have his creative input on this. He's just not going to actively direct it. Again, I'm sure the guy just wants some rest. Much like Iger, Spielberg probably wants to rest. And he's you know he's got enough success and everything else that he's, he's earned that. You know, let, let's have a little bit of rest here for, for Steven. Uh, of course, that being said, maybe he's going <laughs> to go work on another project while, while Indiana Jones is being... Who knows? Who knows? Uh, more Disney news, actually. The Simpsons, Bart the Bad Guy. That's right. This is an upcoming episode that will be coming from The Simpsons. Uh, and, and as you know, Disney now officially owns The Simpsons. They have for a little while now once the, uh, the 20th Century Fox deal officially went through months ago. Uh, and this is basically Disney Synergy in full effect. In full effect. Uh, it's going to be all about Marvel. They literally have uh, the Russo brothers voicing some stuff. They have... Uh, just tons of people voicing stuff, and it's going to be all marveled out. It's all about Bart Simpson uh, seeing a movie before it gets out, like a month before it gets out, and, and he is Bart the bad guy because he is threatening to spread spoilers. As you know, everyone freaked out about spoilers for really all the Avengers movies, but especially that last one, uh, which I had spoiled by like a four-year-old kid while I was walking through the park. <laughs> okay. Well, he died. Thanks. That's good to know before I've seen the film. Not that I really cared that much. Uh, and this is, for those of you not familiar with Disney, uh, Synergy is a huge thing for them. It, it, it's huge for them. I, I spent eight years, and, and a lot of that eight years was, was working on, on synergistic properties. Did I just make up a word? Possibly synergistic properties. I don't, that probably is an actual word. If it's not, Disney is going to make it a word because they love Synergy so much. Uh, and I'll tell you, it's going to get old real fast. So we've seen this dip in Marvel movies uh, and even the Star Wars movies. When, when you're putting that much content out in people's faces, it does get a little old. Uh, and I think we're going to run into that with all the synergy running around the Simpsons, you know, and everything they're trying to throw into all of their properties and keep them all together. Maybe it'll be a great episode. Who knows? I, I kind of I love and hate the concept all at the same time. And part of the hate is just knowing that they shove so much stuff down your throat uh, that, that, that it's, it's going to be a constant, uh, you know, carousel of just, just content from Disney, uh, which I think is going to get tired for a lot of people uh, sooner sooner than they than they think. Speaking of Star Wars content, that's right, there's a nice little segue. Uh, the Disney Plus Kenobi series, that's right, we have a working title revealed for the Kenobi series that is in development uh, for Disney Plus. The working title is Pilgrim. Yes, like the Mayflower, Pilgrim. Uh, and that's going to begin shooting next year. That one's They're not even shooting that one yet. It's in development. They pushed back the shoot dates on that, I believe, months ago. So that's not going to start shooting until next year. So 2020, We're only in February here. So next year being 2021, at least, pretty much at least a year away until they start shooting that thing. I know there is a lot of, uh, a lot of hype around it and people are excited. I am actually somewhat excited for that one. I, I still have yet to watch The Mandalorian, uh, but I, I have a feeling I'll end up watching this Kenobi series before I uh, actually get around to watching Mandalorian. I, I I like Star Wars. I don't love it enough to like run home and you know flip on the Disney Plus and everything else. It's just I, me personally. I get the appeal. People love Star Wars. I get it. I, I love it too. I don't love it to the extent that 
I'm craving more and more content from Star Wars. I still have yet to see the last Star Wars movie. I, you know, that's when they put it on Disney Plus, I'll watch a damn thing. Uh, Colin Jost, Colin Jost. I am a bit of a Colin Jost fan. I, I don't watch a lot of SNL. I used to, I watched it in the you know 80s, 90s. I don't watch. I haven't watched a lot of SNL in years. Once in a while, Saturday night, you know, get home from dinner or something, I'll throw it on. Uh, but I do enjoy the weekend update stuff with with uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost. And uh, it looks like he might, might, might be preparing for an exit from SNL. There's apparently a book that's coming out soon. Uh, the, the final product for the book is not out, but it, for those of you familiar with the book industry, even before a book is, is fully printed and ready to hit the shelves in the stores, what they do is they send books out to people to, to read, uh, to even pre-promote before the book comes out. Uh, and a lot of times that's not the, the final product on a book. In fact, I have some books on the shelf back here uh, that I've received from publishers that are not the final product and even says at the front of the book this is you know this is a a promotional book it's 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 not could the final product could be different uh, I've got a couple of those so there was an excerpt from that book where it did make it sound like he's preparing an exit uh, sometime after the next presidential election which is obviously less than a year away that's going to happen in November 2020 uh, now again a lot of conjecture around this so we don't know that for sure uh, but there's a chance that Colin Jost could be preparing uh, to leave SNL. It does make sense because word is he wants to work on some like bigger projects and everything else. And, and he is becoming a big name. He's he's marrying a big name uh, in Hollywood who who's going to continue to work and literally has projects lined up. And that'd be uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, so, so I could see him wanting to move on to bigger and better things, as as most SNL people do, uh, with the exception of Keenan Thompson. Uh, all right, moving along here. Saved by the Bell reboot. We're talking about this freaking thing all the time. I don't, I don't like. I don't know why, but I this one had to go in here. Uh, Dustin Diamond uh, is actually not included in the Saved by the Bell reboot, which we kind of knew. We when we first started talking about this, there was only two people, uh, and then it got up to three because they did get Mark Paul Gossler signed on. Uh, for it got up to four because now Tiffany Thiessen uh, is signed on, but but no uh, no Lark Voorhees and no Dustin Diamond, who if you're not familiar with the show played Screech on Saved by the Bell, uh, and this one actually makes sense, and it's funny, he did an interview where he said, I don't understand how they could do a reboot without Save without, or Saved by the Bell reboot without Screech, and it's like, well, maybe if you didn't go around stabbing people and getting arrested, then they might have invited you back, but you're a psychopath, Dustin. The dude's a psychopath, so clearly they're not going to put him on the Saved by the Bell reboot, because he's a time bomb. You don't know what the hell's going to happen. The Lark Voorhees stuff, I, you know, there's got to be a damn, they better have a damn good reason outside of what we talked about last week and, and it being her mental illness. Uh, but Dustin Diamond, no, 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 no. There's no reason for you to sign, like sign that loose cannon on to be in a reboot. I, like, don't sign him on to be in anything unless you're doing like another celebrity boxing match and he's going to beat the hell out of a, the, the kid from Silver Spoons or I don't know. He had one. Of, he's, he was like did celebrity boxing for a while and he did stab somebody and get arrested for it. Like, come on. Yeah, you want that guy on set with Mark Paul Gossler and Mario Lopez and Tiffany Thiessen and blanking on the other one's real name. Showgirls girl. I don't mean that insultingly, but I just, I don't know her name. I know the others. Uh, we got some news out of NBC Peacock. That's right. NBC's Peacock streaming service. It's going to be a long time before I get used to that name for their streaming service. Uh, they they added a bunch of content. Well, it the streaming service is not launched yet, uh, but they added a bunch of content for when the streaming service does launch, specifically from A&E. They signed a deal with A&E uh, to stream a bunch of A&E shows. So you're going to find uh, A&E shows on that, on that Peacock. 
makes sense for for NBC Universal. I'm not surprised at all because they've got to compete with uh, the, these other streaming services that just have a robust amount of content. Disney Plus, which is not only Disney content but ABC content and you know uh, Disney Channel content, Disney Junior, 20th Century Fox content, just so much of it on there. There's got to be a way for uh, for the other streaming services to compete, and they're going to start signing on uh, with these networks that don't have streaming services built in, like A and E. I, can't, I genuinely can't re- remember who A and E, who owns A and E, but we're going to be able to get A and E content on uh, on Peacock streaming. So look forward to that. If you're going to get Peacock, I'm not going to get it. I, like no more streaming services. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not picking up any more streaming services. I got. I got them all. Got all I need. I'm not even happy about having Disney Plus, except for the fact I got a kid at home, so it's well worth it for that. But I'm done with the streaming services. Ah, thank you, Chris. Elizabeth Berkeley. I was blanking on her name. I was like the one I couldn't remember. Blanking on her name. Uh, one more thing here in entertainment news. We have some interesting news from uh, Ryan Johnson. Apparently, I, Apple will not let bad guys, that's in finger quotes, bad guys in films or television shows, uh, use iPhones. They can only be used by good guys whenever iPhones are featured in a television show uh, or a uh, or a movie, any, anything on screen. Can't use an iPhone. Uh, and, and apparently this, we kind of knew this because there was an article back in like 2002 before iPhones exist. I think this was before iPhones existed. And Apple had specified that uh, any any bad guys need to be using PCs and good guys can use Macs, but bad guys cannot use the Macs. Um, so that's a thing. Apple. I don't even know what to say about this. It's just it's just funny to me that they try to control it that much. Like, and the other funny thing about this is I wouldn't even have noticed. Like, I wouldn't even have noticed. Now I'm gonna notice it, and not in a good way. Be like, up oh, the good guys got the iPhone. Like, it's silly. It's just why why does Apple feel the need to to go so ridiculous with this? It's just it's crazy to me. All right, we're gonna move along to common sense. Here And then we're going to get into some mental health, switching things up a little bit this week, uh, just because I had so much common sense stuff that I wanted to get into, uh, and some important stuff, and some ridiculous stuff, and some just fun stuff. So we're going to get into that, and then we're going to move on to uh, parenting and mental health. And then we'll round things out with tech news. All right, common sense, Jif Peanut Butter, that's right, J-I-F Peanut Butter, uh, has partnered with the website Giphy. Giphy, that's that GIF website where you can search GIFs. Uh, interestingly enough, there's actually a couple GIFs that feature yours truly. If you search them on, on Giphy, you might come across those, and you can use them. Use them out in the world. Uh, some some go-tell-to-the-wall Sean work GIFs. But as I said, they've partnered with Giphy uh, to settle an argument. They are trying to settle an argument that was actually already settled years ago. They have created these peanut butter jars, and I'm sure you've probably seen it, even if you don't eat Jif peanut butter, you've seen the jar. It's a J-I-F on it, uh, and a red, blue, green kind of logo, red cap. We've all seen this. And they have partnered with Giphy uh, to create a jar of peanut butter that says GIF on it, G-I-F. And underneath it says uh, animated looping images. And the interesting thing is they're trying <laughs> like... And this is all just GIF needs some extra marketing. I think people are over this super sugary peanut butter. We, we eat a lot of the natural peanut butter in my household because we realize I don't need all this extra sugar in my peanut butter. And so what they're doing is uh, trying to point out to people, and in fact, on each thing on the GIF, 
it actually says soft G. And on the GIF, it says hard G. Because apparently people still argue about whether it's GIF or GIF. G-I-F. Here's the thing. You can argue all you want. Yell at a wall about it. If you're not aware of this, back in 2013, I believe it was, the creator of the GIF, the guy that created GIFs, came out and said it's pronounced GIF with a hard G, not GIF, like the peanut butter. And the reason is, this is what's always gotten me about this. I don't have it right in front of me. Why, why don't I have it right in front of me? And I'm just blanking on it. Uh, it it's, GIF stands for something. And it stands for graphics IF. It's it's a hard G. It's a hard G. Whether you want to make it a soft G or not, it's a hard G. The creator of it says it's a hard G. It stand the G stands for graphics. But we need to do this, and GIF needs more marketing. So if you want to buy a a uh, a a jar of peanut butter with the GIF uh, logo on it as opposed to the GIF, they are available on Amazon. Uh, but from my understanding, it's going to cost you twice as much as a regular. Uh, jar of GIF peanut butter and it's just got the GIF peanut butter in it so you're basically if, I guess if you're a big GIF fan you're gonna get this peanut butter and display I don't know I don't I, not that's fine maybe you're a big GIF fan and you're a big peanut butter fan get get it get it I, I'm, I'm not one to throw stones when I have a a giant stuffed Deadpool uh, sitting on my shelf right there so uh, so do you I just think it's silly uh, wellness influencers. Do you know that there are such things as wellness influencers out there? Uh, these are people that are getting on the internet and telling people how to live their lives and what's healthy for them. You know, like we've talked about with the, uh, there was a woman who lived on air. That's all she lived on. She, she believed that she just needed oxygen to live, which you do need oxygen to live, but you need other things too. Uh, there are wellness influencers out there uh, that are giving horrible advice to people regarding the coronavirus. Horrible to the point where they are suggesting people uh, get injected with a lethal dose of vitamins to fight off the coronavirus. A lethal dose of vitamins. If you didn't know, the, uh, thank you, Chris. Graphics interchange format. I, I always blank on the interchange part and then I just lose it. That's GIF. Graphics interchange format. Uh, yes, and if you're not familiar with this, you, you can actually get too much vitamins. There's such thing. And these influencers are recommending a, literally a lethal dose and amount of vitamins that can kill people out there. Uh, and, and here's the bottom line with this wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers. Common sense says that we should maybe, maybe just just maybe just just hear me out here. Wall fans, just, you know, I, I know it seems crazy, but just, but hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, maybe we get medical advice from from doctors. Just just a thought or nurses, people that are actually in the medical field. Not somebody that just puts a camera up and records themselves and tells people to do things. You know, I'll tell you right now, don't take medical advice from me. Uh, when, it when it does come to mental illness, th that's just from firsthand experience. Not telling you to put lethal doses of anything in your body. Uh, but yeah, this is happening right now. So uh, maybe avoid the, uh, the, the uh, wellness influencers just in general. Let's just, let's just avoid them. Let's avoid, the <laughs> let's avoid the influencers overall, which I'd be down with. I don't consider myself an influencer. I'm definitely a broadcaster, so let's ignore them all. Wellness influencers. Like, what? I'm like, hi, I'm Kathy from Seattle, and I'm going to tell you what kind of vitamins you should take. Uh, Kathy MD? No. I just like to take vitamins. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. All right. Uh, some news from Jewel. 
That's right, that jewel. Full disclosure, I, I do still use a, a jewel. Oh, I've been trying. We've even got some of those nicotine lozenges. I've, I've been cutting it back, but I do still use it, uh, especially when I've had a couple drinks. But, you know, we've got it. There's a new jewel possibly coming out here uh, with an age lock. Which is really, actually, it seems so silly, but I think this is really great. It's an age lock, so it's going to connect via Bluetooth. Uh, and so, it, let's say someone who's under 21 gets a hold of a Jewel device. Uh, they will actually not be able to use it, because what happens is you'll have to connect it to your phone or to another Bluetooth device, and then it's going to ask you to scan in your ID. Now, obviously, there are going to be ways to get around this. Kids are going to go steal their parents' you know, driver's license, scan it, whatever it is. I, I, I realize kids are going to get around it. But the thing is, it's good to put in these these other things to make it more difficult. I'm all for that. Kids should not be using vaping products. I shouldn't be using vaping products. I'm not. I'm. You know, we talked about the vape bans being ridiculous, and it, but just in general, I, the only reason I use it is because I unfortunately got myself addicted to cigarettes at a very young age. Not very. I mean, eighteen, nineteen is. I smoked cigarettes very early, but I didn't get addicted until like eighteen. Uh, but still, it was many years of smoking cigarettes and being very much addicted to them. And I've I've tried lots of things out there. I went to college. I experimented. Uh, cigarettes were the hardest thing to quit, and still are. I have a freaking jewel. Uh, so that's why I, I tell teenagers and kids, like, just don't don't touch cigarettes. It's not cool anymore. It's not cool to be a cigarette smoker anymore. Uh, so just just don't touch them, and then you're not going to need a jewel. You know, especially don't touch a jewel. This I've I've said that from the beginning. These vaping products. These are for people that smoke cigarettes and are trying not to smoke cigarettes and have a a somewhat healthier alternative. There's no reason to get yourself addicted to nicotine when you're not already addicted to nicotine. For the love of God. But common sense uh, doesn't always prevail in this world. S snack and bacon. I know Chris is going to love this because of where the... And I don't know if you've seen this one yet, Chris, but you're going to love it because it's Duncan. It's a little donkey action here. Snack and bacon. Duncan. I'm, I'm still not used to calling him just Duncan. I, like, I stop myself. I'm like, it's just Duncan now. It's not Duncan Donuts. Duncan. Uh, Duncan just announced, and I believe they're already available, uh, snack and bacon. And it is what you think it is. It's basically a little fry bag uh, with eight small, not like full-size pieces. They're kind of like half-size pieces of bacon in the bag. You go in there, let me get a snack and bacon, and it's a little tiny bag of bacon. Holy shit, that's brilliant. That is just brilliant. And I can tell you for somebody, uh, you know, and I'm not a big partier anymore, but on occasion I have a little too much to drink. And the first thing I crave in the morning when I've got a, like a little bit of a hangover, bacon. Bacon. Any burner out there, unless they're a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever, you know, doesn't eat meat at all, uh, will tell you of the awesome benefits of bacon out on Playa. Uh, so I think this is brilliant. Duncan, I love you, Duncan. I'm, I'm going to have to stop by and just, like, I got bacon at home too, but I'm, I, I, I just got to pick it up now. Just test it out. Snack and bacon. I know you're excited about that, Chris. Chris is a big Duncan fan. Chris is from the Northeast. Big Duncan fan. I am too. I'm just not from the Northeast. My father's from the Northeast. My mother's from the Midwest. Uh, so I got my fill of Duncan, you know, visiting those places. And now Duncan, Duncan, see, I almost did it. Duncan, Thomas. now Duncan's out here. Uh, much, much easier to, to actually get. Uh, and actually, maybe I'll just send my, <laughs> tell my wife on the way home. My wife is like a half a block from a Duncan, uh, which can be dangerous, except I, she knows, like, don't bring donuts home every day because I'll just. Like, I, I need to lose weight as it is. If I'm eating Dunkin' every day, bad news. Bad news. All right. Uh, coronavirus products. That's right. I'm not talking about the products that I'm going to talk about in a minute. Uh, bag o' bacon. I, see? Chris, you need to be on the marketing team at Dunkin' because I, I, snack and bacon's good. Bag o' bacon? Oh. Oh. 
You get so many people coming for a bag of bacon. Uh, so anyway, coronavirus products on Etsy. Apparently, you can go on Etsy and get coronavirus products. And these, what I'm talking about is uh, coronavirus proof, uh, like face masks, uh, disinfecting things and stuff. Well, we're finding out that there's a lot of counterfeit antiviral gear on Etsy that doesn't work. Let's jump back a little bit to the uh, wellness influencers. We're kind of in the same boat here. Maybe if you need some medical products, especially if they're important, like to keep you from getting sick, from getting a disease, maybe just hear me again. Hear me out here. Hear me out, wall fans. Uh, maybe we don't get them from a fucking craft website, right? There's nothing, nothing against Etsy. I just made an order from Etsy. I got some new patches the other day on Etsy. Etsy's great. I'm not ordering medical supplies from Etsy for the love of God. Go to the doctor. Go to a medical supply place. Go to the hospital. Freaking Etsy. And it's, it's like even worse than because that's the thing. Is is I get it. Like, but if if you're really gonna do it online, like go to go to Amazon. And I'm not trying to promote Amazon, but don't go to the like the like the craft website where people make things to sell. Like that that's what Etsy is. Don't buy your medical supplies from a fucking craft website. Just just don't do it. This, uh, hot tip. I guess people out there need to be told this. Maybe get it from a medical supply place. Just you know, makes a little more sense. Uh, and speaking of coronavirus products, that's right because of course capitalism at its finest, there is actually coronavirus merch like t-shirts and stuff out there on uh, the internet if you're interested. It's, it's really, it is disaster capitalism in full force. Uh, and it's funny because I want to sit here and blame the digital age for stuff like this, but this has happened just from the beginning. I, I grew up in San Diego for the most part. Uh, there was tons of blame it on El Nino products for years. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to compare the coronavirus with, with El Nino, uh, but it's a disaster uh, capitalism. It's a thing. It's a thing. So not that shocked by it. It's pretty ridiculous though. Uh, all right, I want to get through these last couple things. I do want to get into some parenting and mental health. Uh, we had a woman. Where was she from? Actually, I don't think it matters. We had a woman who actually went in for a uh, to get on the list for a liver transplant. Uh, they did a test on her, and, and her urine was completely alcohol, like completely alcohol. Uh, they ran some further tests and realized that it, and she insisted she did not drink. Uh, they they realized that she had a a disease which is called auto brewery syndrome. It's a rare condition called auto brewery syndrome. Uh, she was actually literally brewing beer in her, in her stomach, auto brewery syndrome. Uh, for those of you out there, myself included that enjoy drinking a beer, don't get excited. You're not going to randomly catch that and suddenly be drunk all the time. Uh, it is a byproduct of dealing with severe diabetes. Uh, but apparently that's a thing like auto brewery syndrome. Who knew? Now, there's a teacher in Texas. We talked about this. I love coming full circle on these things, especially when it's good news. Uh, she was actually suspended from her school because she had shown her class a picture uh, of what she called her future wife, her, her fiancé that she was going to be marrying soon. She was suspended because of that, and, and teachers and parents thought that was inappropriate uh, that she shared a picture of her future spouse, of course, uh, if, if she had shared a picture of a man, this would not have been an issue. Well, she did receive vindication after a lawsuit. She is going to receive $100,000, uh, as part of that discrimination lawsuit. Here is the, the, the best thing about this. I mean, I don't want to say the best thing. 
The extra cool thing about this is what she's doing. She's being awarded $100,000. She's taking $10,000 of that $100,000, and she is donating it to an LGBTQ charity there in Texas. Good on you. Uh, I'm glad that you that you got you won that lawsuit, and uh, and hopefully people will at least start to learn from this. You know what? I'm saving this. Oh, we're just not even gonna. You know what? Maybe we won't even. That's from last week too. I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. It's a little too much. All right, let's move along to parenting here. That's right, parenting. I got a couple things just to go through with you, uh, and one of these hit me a little close to home, and and not necessarily because I'm worried about my daughter, uh, but I often look at my daughter, and because of my mental illness, especially having obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, there are things that I notice in my daughter. Uh, and a lot of times, it's just typical toddler behavior. Uh, some toddlers, you might look at their behavior and, and kind of what they do and the, and the routines that they have to have and the organization of things and how they group everything together as, as, as kind of signs of OCD, but it's not necessarily. Uh, and there was a, the Gottman Institute actually put out some tips for people because, as you know, toddlers, uh, they can have big feelings. They get so excited about the littlest thing. They get so sad about the, the littlest thing. In fact, t- tonight, my daughter just, like... I was literally in the in the bathroom, uh, and I, I was just we were prepped for the show. I'd actually already shot the teaser on Facebook. There, we'd we'd gone live on Facebook for a couple minutes with the teaser. Uh, so I'm getting ready to come in and record. Uh, and my daughter, like I say goodnight. I go in there for bedtime. My wife finishes, and we're in this habit where she calls me back in, and I got to go in and tuck her in again and say goodnight. Uh, tonight it took me an extra minute because I was using the restroom. My daughter lost it. Started just, just tears everywhere. Uh, lost it. She got a little emotional about that situation. Uh, and these are things to, to, to kind of notice in your kid, uh, your children, especially toddlers at that age where, where emotion is just running so high. Uh, and there's a c- couple tips for you that I just want to run through because I, I found these uh, obvious, but also just sometimes when the obvious thing is put out in front of you, you're like, oh, yes, that does make sense. Uh, one of those would be identify the feeling. Uh, I think it's important to understand what your child is feeling. It might seem so little to you, but it is so big to them. I remember my wife years ago, uh, when we had first had our kid, uh, you know, it's, we were talking with some people and it was like, well, you know, taking things away from a baby and it might be a dangerous thing and you got to take it away. And you think of them as little scientists and your little scientists might've just found the coolest thing in the world. And they think they discovered this thing, whatever it is they're holding. And then you take it away from them. How would you feel? How would you feel if you were out in the world and you discovered an, a new rock, a new animal, and someone comes along and takes it from you. You wouldn't feel good. So it's understanding that feeling. Uh, and, and then talking with them about it. And, and letting them know that you understand why they feel sad. And relate to them. Tell them, yes, that I understand that could make you feel sad. That would probably make me feel sad too. Uh, assess your own feelings. This is one that, that really hit me because I often have to do this. Uh, it is, is kind of just take a breath for a moment. Because she might be doing something bad, my kid. She might not be listening in the moment. Uh, but it's understanding why she's not listening in that situation. Why is she throwing a tantrum? So try not to put your own feelings into that situation as much as possible. I get it. I, I, I have an Irish temper. My mother, my mother, and she still does, she, ever since I was a kid, uh, she calls it getting your Irish up. She says that about myself, about my father. You're getting the Irish up. That's the Irish temper. I got a little bit of a temper. And I'm not talking like throw things temper, hit my kid temper. Uh, but if she's not listening, sometimes I've, I've had to teach myself to, to not go to that point yet. You know, not go to 10 and yell at her right away necessarily and understand 
what that maybe my feelings are clouding a little bit of that. Uh, and then most importantly is, is helping your child choose an appropriate verbal and behavioral response. They might be throwing a tantrum. Calm yourself and give them other ways to express that. This is something, this one I'm actually pretty good about with my kid. Uh, cause she like, she will start a tan- start going to a tantrum cause she's like, I can't find blah, blah. Well, she's like, I need this. And she goes straight to tantrum depending on her mood. And I'll say, Hey, baby doll, you don't need to, you just need to say, Hey daddy, can I have this? You know, or Hey daddy, can you help me find this? Those are important things. Don't dismiss it, but just point out that they can have a better response. And, and for me, it, it's often saying like, you didn't need to, you didn't need to get so, you know, and it's not, not those exact words, but you know, you didn't need to necessarily yell here. I'm here to help you. You didn't need to expend all that energy. I'm here to help you with that. So those are the things to keep in mind uh, when it comes to, to parenting, uh, especially young kids or, or toddlers. I hope that's helping, pe- that, that helps people out there. Uh, I know it seems silly and it's, but, it, and it, you know, as I was reading this, I'm going, yeah, this all makes sense. But when you read it or you hear it, 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 it kind of sticks it in your head and, and hopefully you can practice it as you go through your daily life parenting, parenting kids. All right, I want to run through these real quick uh, because I know a lot of people out there, uh, you know, I have a three-year-old, so a lot of these are not necessarily um, books that I would read, but these are y- younger parenting books. Uh, and this came from a, a, uh, a therapist uh, who is also a parent, and this is, uh, she's actually a psychotherapist. Uh, the five best parenting books for raising strong and confident kids. Uh, number one, Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, How to Stop Yelling and Start Connecting. It really uh, connects back to what we were just talking about. Uh, number And that's by blah, Laura Markham. Number two, Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead by Brene Brown. Uh, number three, How to Raise Successful People, Simple Lessons for Radical Results by Esther Wojcicki. My Polish grandmother's rolling over in her grave because I think I just mispronounced that one. Uh, number four, Helping Your Anxious Child, a Step-by-Step Guide for Parents uh, by Ronald M. Rapie, Anne Wignall, Susan Spence, Vanessa Cobham, Heidi Lineham. Fifty people wrote that book. Uh, number five, Permission to Feel, Unlocking the Power of Emotions to Help Our Kids, Ourselves, and Our Society Thrive Mark by Mark Brackett. Again, connecting back to what we were talking about. I think emotions is such a big thing that we need to consider with our children and, and how their emotions run. Uh, and, and obviously, I, I find myself, and I admit that, I'm much more keen to this simply because I've dealt with mental illness uh, for, for the majority of my life. Uh, speaking of mental illness, I want to move on to this mental health here, and then we're going to close out because I we're literally we literally have two minutes left, uh, so I just I just want to get through these uh, nine phrases, and we're going to do a mental health Monday specifically on this. Uh, but I will say these are nine phrases to never say to somebody that is dealing with mental illness, uh, and I can attest to to the accuracy of all of these. Uh, number one, you should try working out. Here's the thing: anyone with mental illness that's been dealing with it, we understand that people think you should work out. Uh, I get it. It's it. It's like telling a smoker, "Hey, do you know cigarettes are bad for you?" No, I had no idea. No idea. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna throw it away now. No, I. I we get that. Uh, this one is terrible. It's all in your head. Yeah, no shit. I recognize that even in the moment, even when I'm having an episode, I recognize it's in my fucking head. Thanks for the tip. Uh, number three. Why don't you just let yourself be happy? Because it's not a fucking choice. That's just as bad as saying you're choosing to feel this way. It's not a choice. 
Uh, number four, you're being selfish. Trust me, most people that deal with mental illness and have for a long time understand they're being selfish. It cannot be helped. Uh, number five, medication isn't the answer. Uh, for some people, medication isn't the answer, but that's not for you to say. Again, how many times have we said this this episode? That's for a doctor. That's for a doctor to decide and the person personally who is dealing with that mental illness. Uh, six, just be more positive. <laughs> yeah, easy to say, harder to do. Seven, hey, it could be worse. No shit. Again, even sometimes when I'm in certain episodes, I realize that it could be worse. It could be worse. I have my health outside of the mental illness. My wife has her health. My three-year-old has her health. I get it. Uh, number eight, it's just a bad day. Again, it may just be a bad day. Yesterday was a bad day. The next day is going to be a bad day. Maybe we'll have a couple good days, but a month from now, there's going to be some more bad days. It's not just a bad day at all. Uh, number nine, why didn't you speak up about how you were feeling? I think this is the one that is not as black and white. Uh, because you shouldn't say this to someone you don't know well, and you probably shouldn't even say this to like a close friend. However, this is one of the phrases that maybe a spouse can say, and you don't say it. Why didn't you speak up about how you were feeling? Uh, but for example, I will keep things to myself a little bit. And my wife who knows that I deal with these things, uh, will sometimes say, Hey, what? No. Do you want, why do you want to talk about it? It's not so much, Hey, speak up. It's more like, do you want to talk about it? Sometimes I don't. I say, no. And she's okay. But knowing that there's someone there for you to talk to, we're definitely doing a mental health Monday with all those things and talk more specific. We're just running short on time. I did want to talk about these next two things, uh, and we're just going to get rid of tech news for today. Yeah, yeah, no tech news today. Uh, there's a new study. Uh, I don't know where they did this one, but uh, that that shows evidence of toxic masculinity, masculinity leading to a higher risk of suicide. This specifically pertains to uh, the not expressing soft emotions, the people that are, you know, the be a man types, like, you're a man, men don't cry, and blah, blah, blah. It's, that's, that's toxic masculinity to a T. Uh, and they found that that people who who have toxic masculinity and, and don't talk about their emotions at all, uh, you know, and try to try to be be a man to the rest of society, uh, almost two and a half, two point four times more likely uh, to commit suicide. Two point four times more likely. Makes sense to me. You need to be open about your emotions at least to an extent, um, and and that's just don't worry about being a man. Like how we say this, like I'm, I'm secure in my masculine. I don't care. You know, I'll cry. I don't give a shit. I, I'm sure I've, I've teared up on this podcast. I don't care. I don't care. I'll show you my emotions. And that's much healthier. And I still deal with the debilitating mental illness for the love of God. Uh, and then I want to end it with a positive note on mental health. There is a gentleman out of England who launched a program called Dudes and Dogs. This is a program to help men openly discuss their mental health struggles, literally combating what we were just talking about and the toxic masculinity people not wanting to talk about it. Uh, he created this group and this website uh, for guys to walk their dogs and, and open up with each other. This is someone who's dealt with uh, depression his entire life. Uh, he's now 38. The, it's Rob Osman, 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 I think, uh, that created this Dudes, Dudes and Dogs Walk and Talk. Uh, and I say good on you, Rob, uh, good on anyone that is participating in this and good on anyone that is supporting this because we need more people like Rob. We need more people, uh, no, more organizations like Dudes and Dogs, uh, and, and especially when you're servicing a side of things because like as much as I say, I, you know, I'm secure in my masculinity. I don't give a shit. There's plenty of men out there that it's, it tends to be harder uh, for some men to open up than others. Uh, and this is giving them a way uh, to do that. 
in England. So good on you, Rob. Uh, thank you for for the good work. And uh, and and I just I more the more and more we see of this, the more and more we reduce that stigma, and the more we grow as a society, and the better and better people feel that deal with these mental health issues, these mental illnesses, whatever it might be. It's all progress uh, toward a common goal, a common goal that really we all should share. All right, that's going to do it for us. We went way over time. We're like four minutes over. I'm not even quite done yet. Uh, don't forget, wall fans, common sensors. You can follow us on multiple social platforms. One of those would be Facebook, where we're currently live. Head over to facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. Like our page. Check back often for updates. Uh, you also have our YouTube channel. Uh, head to YouTube, search Go Tell It to the Wall, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Check out all the awesome videos. All the live feeds go up there. If you're not a Facebook user, you can actually find them on YouTube, as I've mentioned before. Uh, follow my own personal Instagram account, which is SoCalSean, S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N. And make sure you bookmark our website, SeanO'RourkeLive.com, your one-stop shop for everything that is Go Tell It to the Wall and the one and only Sean O'Rourke. Uh, and like I said, you're going to find all kinds of great stuff there, including our Patreon campaign. Please help us out if you have the means and you see fit to do so. That's going to do it for us this week. We will be back next week. Same wall place, same wall time. This has been episode 123, 123 of Go Tell to Wall podcast. I am your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And remember, wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter who you're with, and especially no matter why you are doing it, always, always use common sense.